see if this is where God would would uh, would have him. But so, Lord, work in his his life and in his family's life. They might look to you. And uh, and so, Father, these requests we lift to you. And we pray for our country this morning, and we lift our country to you. Have mercy, O Lord. The power of your Holy Spirit would, would come in a powerful way. O Lord, have mercy on us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, in God's Word, we're in the book of Romans, and uh, this morning we're looking at spiritual gifts. Of course, it's impossible to cover everything there is to, to know about such a, a big subject, but uh, you may want to, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it also deals with spiritual gifts, which we'll look at, Lord willing, uh, as well. But if we don't have time, be sure to read that. Uh, I won't take time to read that because just of the length of it, but read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, the, the whole chapter there, the chapter before love. And so uh, it's a powerful a powerful portion of God's word. But anyway, in, uh, beginning in verse 3 of, of Romans 12, Paul says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, since we have gifts that differ according to the graces given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And, uh, and again, may God bless to our hearing this portion of his word. So what does it mean to be one body in Christ? And we want to we see uh, some of that this morning. But I, don't forget the big picture that we're looking at. And that is all the, the book of Romans up to this point, which is uh, the gospel, the power of the gospel, believing the gospel, uh, believing that we're great sinners in need of a Savior, uh, believing uh, that He is a merciful God who sent His Son uh, uh, to live the perfect life that we cannot live, to die on a cross uh, and was raised for our justification that we might have eternal life in Him. He took our wrath, the wrath that we deserved, uh, and that we must trust Him and Him alone for salvation. And I hope you've done that. I hope you have, that He is your Lord and Savior this morning, that you're trusting Him uh, for your uh, salvation alone. 
And we know that now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Praise God. No condemnation. Romans 8.1 And so this we don't want to forget as we look at uh, this portion in, in Romans. Uh, but what does Paul mean by uh, in Christ? We are one body uh, in Christ. Uh, we all have a relationship and really we're talking about relationship. I think is a good way to look at our life in Christ is relationship not only with him but with the body with each other it's a relation a real relationship uh, that we must see with each other a unity we're brothers and sisters uh, Christ is my brother you are my brothers and sisters in Christ and so uh, to be in Christ is really much more uh, than just that, though. It's, uh, it's everything that Christ is, everything that He uh, has done for us that can be shared, will be shared with all believers. And so that's something else to be in Christ. We're heirs, joint heirs with Christ. And it's huge. It's so much bigger than we can even uh, fathom in our minds. This is what it means uh, to share that with us. What a what a wonderful thing we we find in God's word. And uh, but we're in Christ. Let us never forget that we're in Christ. I think uh, Dr. Hudson is is writing a book. What it means to be in Christ. And I'm looking forward. Has it come out yet? Have you? It is out. Okay, I just have not received it yet. But anyway. 1 Corinthians 1.4 I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. Uh, for instance, another verse uh, just to give us a taste of what, uh, what it is. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who, was, who has blessed us with every notice, spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Paul says. Also Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus you who were formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see this is being in Christ and what we have in Him. We've been brought near by His blood. Another verse 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creature. Old things passed away Behold, all things have become new. And then the last one, and my God will supply all your needs, not your wants, which differ. <laughs> what we think we want, we don't need, but all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I think the, uh, uh, Paul is being very uh, Specific, And so what is he talking about here in Romans when he says uh, we are one body in Christ? We are one body in Christ. Uh, why is God, uh, why is Paul concerned that we understand this in Christ? And I think it's so we will appreciate him more. That we will love him more that we will submit to Him more, that we will rely upon Him more, that we will understand that we're in Christ Jesus. 
more that it's all about him. Have I said that before? <laughs> and it is. It's all about him. And it's by grace. It's by grace. Paul wants us to grow in grace. That we might uh, just be happy. No. He wants us to grow in grace so that we can be graceful to others. Amen. Merciful to others. See, it's not about me. It's about others. It's about time we get that straight and not be so selfish, so concerned about my needs, my wants, making me happy. No, it's about others. And you know what? When you discover that and start doing that, you're going to be happy. It's amazing. It's just really amazing. Because God's Word proves itself to be true because of that. Remember, from last week, we saw the, the renewed mind produces a life of spiritual worship. This is just kind of an overview and seeks to glorify God. And we saw from verse 3 of Romans 12 uh, uh, how the renewed mind thinks, how it thinks in relationship to God, and how it uh, thinks in relationship to others. And we dealt last week with pride and the importance of getting pride out of our lives. That We need to be humble people. We need to be humbled people. And we will be humbled when we understand grace. We talked about that. If we, if we, if we get mixed up in it, and, and, and I had a part in it, and no, 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 it's by grace. It's by mercy, and we need to, we need to see that and, and understand that. And, um, and he says, if you want, in essence, if you want to measure yourself soberly, measure your faith in Christ. And we talked about the importance of faith in Christ. And that's essential essential to having a renewed mind. Uh, faith is the measure of who you are. If you have faith, you have a renewed mind. If you have a renewed mind, you have faith. The two go together. And uh, uh, it's that important that, that uh, the object of our faith is Christ. We're looking Remember, the essence of faith is looking away from ourselves to, the, to another. And it's looking to Christ. Keep that in mind all the time. It's a looking away from ourselves to Christ. And uh, there is no room for boasting. Absolutely none. And Paul says that over and over and over again. And uh, we saw also that he assigns faith in different degrees or proportions to different people. Uh, and that God uh, gives gifts, uh, special gifts, for us to exercise according to the proportion of our faith. And these gifts, these charisma, has the word grace in it, charis, charisma, uh, charismatic comes from that, uh, gifts. But uh, uh, charisma is an expression of grace. You understand that? Charisma, gifts, is an expression of grace. God has been gracious to us in giving us charisma or, or gifts. Uh, not to be used selfishly, but uh, for other needs, other people, uh, helping other people. So, uh, these gifts that God has given us transmit God's grace through us to other people for their good. 
That's why you've been given gifts. It's not to heap it upon yourself. Not that you can't enjoy this gift, but it's for other people. See, Jesus was all about himself, right? I want you to find a place where Jesus was all about himself. You can't. It was all about others. All about others. He was perfect when it came to doing that. Had no place to lay his head uh, uh, and so forth. I mean, I, I just, it's just mind-boggling to me. But he lived the perfect life that we cannot, cannot live. And uh, so, uh, we have these gifts. And by the way, God can use you in spite of you. He can use you. And you say, well, no, God can't use me. Oh, yes, he can. Amen. He can use you where he can't use me. Do you realize that? He can use you to reach somebody that I couldn't reach. Why? Because he's given you a gift towards them or whatever that, uh, that need might be. So, um, we also saw that uh, in chapter 12 that this is given in proportion to your faith. And uh, we need to be praying for more faith. Uh, and as we will see uh, next week, love without hypocrisy. Don't try to be somebody you're not. You know, it's so easy to try to be somebody you're not. So you can be seen a man, your importance, pat on the back. Uh, no. Uh, love is without hypocrisy. Just love people. Amen. Just love people. We're watching a film in Sunday school on furious love. It's called furious love. Loving other people. That are unlovely. Yeah, these aren't people you'd go and say, I want to make a friend with that person. <laughs> no, they're and sometimes very dangerous people to even be dealing with. Thugs and, and robbers and crooks and drug addicts and on and on we go. But be who you are in proportion to the faith that God has given to you. So Paul is really saying if your mind is being renewed then your heart is being drawn to ministry in some way through gifts. Through a gift that he's given to you. It's really, really incredible. Uh, so, the question is then, what is your uh, spiritual gift? Or gifts? Because it may be more than one. Someone defined a gift as uh, like this: as the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit given capacities for ministry. Very simple. The Holy Spirit given capacities for ministry. Again, emphasis on the ministry. He gives us this to minister. He's given. And sometimes I wonder, but the gift of, of preaching. So I can minister. See, it's, 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 it's about ministering. It's not about me. Uh, and we'll see that uh, more as we go through this. Also, it's defined as a spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit 
to express our faith in word or deed for the strengthening of someone else's faith. And I like that. That's really a good one. We've been given these gifts so we can be used by God to strengthen other people's faith or even be used so they might have faith. See, it's about others. And each has received uh, a gift. We see this in, in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. As each one has, each one has received a special gift, employ it in the serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterance of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. In other words, who gets the glory? God does. The strength which God supplies. In other words, me being up here, it's not me, you see. I give God all the, all the glory and, and, uh, for whatever is accomplished, and it's by His strength, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. There's one thing Paul really understood. It was by the grace and power of God that he was able to do what he did. And we need to do that. Uh, uh, So gifts then are given. Why? To be shared, not to be hoarded for our own use or whatever. No, they're given so that we might share them and... and, and, uh, uh, others might be blessed by, uh, by them. And I think that's really what Paul is talking about in Romans 1. Uh, when he talks about when he comes to them, this just dawned on me. I think where is it? Uh, yeah, in verse 11 of Romans 1, he says, I didn't put this on the screen. For, for I long to see you that I may impart some spir- uh, spiritual gift to you that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by, by the other's faith, both yours and mine. So what Paul was talking about here is that he wanted to be with them, not only that he could bless them, but they could bless him. You see, Paul was a sinner too, saved by grace. And so we need each other. See, we need, I need you. I need you. I really do. And uh, that, that's exciting. And no matter uh, uh, what gift you may be, uh, that you may have, I need you. And uh, Oh, by the way, uh, there is no such thing as the gift of attendance. <laughs> I read that from, I thought that was really good. Now, I don't, so I don't want next week nobody show up, okay? <laughs> but there is no gift of attendance. But uh, I'm glad for you that you do attend and that you desire to, to grow, that God might use you. And so, but uh, someone was asked, why do you go to church? Why do you go to church? And uh, 46% answered, uh, because it's good for me. 26% said, to find peace of mind and well-being for me. That's... of the people were going to church for them. Only 28% 
ended it with, so I can help others. That shows you the, our thinking right there. See? It's all about me. It's all about me. Jesus was not all about Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for us. No, we come to be equipped better so that we can minister better. You see what I'm saying? I think that's it. You come to be equipped so that you might minister better. It's all about others. Uh, do you know the gifts that, that God has given you? Uh, you know, maybe it's uh, a gift like uh, the gift of warning. You might say, what? Yeah, you may know of some people that are fighting, that are struggling, and you go to them and, and, uh, and you warn them and you tell them what they need to do and they, they, uh, they're about to make a tragic mistake. And God will use you as a warner not to, to, uh, to do the, the mistake that they're about to make. So you may have that gift. Maybe it's the gift of giving. Maybe it's uh, the gift of encouragement. You might know have somebody that's very down and uh, is, is depressed in great need. And you might be the one with the gift of encouragement. You know, I know some people that get phone calls all the time from people just so they can be encouraged by that person because they're such encouragers. Do you know people that way? That you just love to be around them because they encourage? And they're not negative and, and everything is about to fall off the end of the world. But they encourage. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so maybe God's called you to be a, a peacemaker. But uh, whatever that gift is, maybe the gift of hospitality uh, and so forth. And, of course, the danger is in doing that is, is uh, being proud of our gift. Being proud, thinking too highly of the gift. You know the one who has real struggle with thinking too highly of himself in the church today, you're looking at him. Yep. I want to give you an interesting statistic. Mention, see if you know this, the number of times the word pastor, singular, is used in the New Testament. You have any idea? It's going to shock you. No, well, oh, I, I, I think I told you already. But anyway, <laughs> zero. What? Zero. The word pastor, plural, is used once in the New Testament. Makes me feel pretty important. No. Nope. Matter of fact, when you when you find it used, it's in Ephesians four, eleven through thirteen, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists. They're they're people in who I think have the gift of evangelism and they knew who, and they know who they are. And some as pastors, the only place it's used in the whole New Testament is right here. Look it up in the concordance. I couldn't believe it when I looked it up. There it is, just one time. And teachers for the equipping of the saints. And notice what this gift is given pastors to do. To, to have a high place. To feel important. To be 
the one in charge that everybody follows. You know what happens in a church when everybody follows the pastor? When the pastor leaves, what happens to the church? Gone. Because it was built on the pastor and not on Christ. And I would hope if I die right here and fall down dead, that Christ would, would be the center and focus that this church is, is built upon. Because that's what it's about. No. Pat, for, for what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. That's your job right there. Of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of, uh, for the building up of the body of Christ. That's my job. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. But isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me. Kind of took me down a notch, I can tell you that. <laughs> and so pastors need to get down off their high horse and look at the one they need to be looking on, the right horse, right? The one who's coming on a horse. Interesting, the book of Philemon, this little book of Philemon, and you might say, who in the world is Philemon? Well, he made it to the New Testament, so he's in the New Testament. So uh, he wasn't a big shot. Had a church in his house, but he doesn't, you know, I mean, he, he doesn't say he did wonderful, great things. But what does Paul have, Paul have to say about him? For I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love. Boy, that's key. He had a love for Christ, love for others, because what? The hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. He had that gift. Others were refreshed by him. He was an encourager. Wow. Pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah. That made it to the New Testament. Our houses need to be open if that's our gift to others. Do you see how your gifts maybe fit into the body of Christ? You know, it's it's sad that uh, some churches uh, are built where ten percent of the members do all the work, and I don't believe that's how God intended it to be for ten percent of the congregation to do all the work. Because, as we have already seen, everyone has a gift. And I don't think that's how God designed the human body. Read 1 Corinthians 12, because it all works together. Everything has a job to do uh, and and does it. And uh, so we need, as a church, to find out what our gift is and to exercise. And it may just be hospitality, having people over that visit the church and say, come home with me. Let's have dinner together and get to know them. Or whatever it might be. But see, that's between you and God. And that's how God leads. And, and it's little things. It's, we're not talking about great and big. No, but it's, it's like Philemon. It's great to God. It made it to the New Testament. You see what I'm saying? What we call little, God calls big. Amen. These pastors that are, they might be shocked when they get to heaven someday to find out just how unimportant they really are. 
important in the eyes of men, but not to God, maybe. Some are now. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not uh, trying to tear down that. But uh, anyway, someone said, defined football this way. See if you can relate to this. Uh, 22 men on the field desperately needing rest with 80,000 people in the stands desperately in need of exercise. I love that one. You know, I said, that's the church. There it is right there. 22 and 80,000, that's probably about the same. (laughs) You know, it's like loading a truck. Some are packers and some are carriers. And if you're a packer, you know you're a packer. You know where to put that little box right in that little hole there. But other people don't. I mean, they'll start putting on little things and then put the... I mean, it's just a mess when they get through. So, uh, but boy, when something fits, you go, whoa, it fits. Look at that right there. And, And so that's the way it is. When somebody in the church gets in their little niche, you'll say, what a fit. That fits. And that's the way God works. And that's the way God wants to work in our lives. We need to be open to that uh, from Him, too. Um, and it really is great excitement when to see someone fit into, into, a, into a slot, especially as a pastor. And uh, we find there in the New Testament, there are probably 18 to 21 different gifts that are mentioned. There are probably more that aren't listed. And so we don't need to be bent out of shape about that. But uh, they can basically be uh, put into three categories as I, as I got this. Miraculous gifts, of course, like healing and tongues and interpretation of tongues, the miraculous gifts. Uh, the enabling gifts, uh, secondly, uh, that is the gifts like faith, discernment, wisdom, and knowledge. And then the task-oriented gifts like teaching, pastoring, evangelist, prophet, teacher, exhorter, and so forth. And, uh, and then Paul tells the church at Corinth that they all, uh, that, that they lacked in no spiritual gift, which is interesting for a church that had so many problems. So just because we're gifted does not mean we don't have problems. Because with gifts come what? Envy and jealousy because somebody has something that I wanted and, and boy, I wish I was that and, and uh, whatever. You know, and so... No, he says, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Pretty cool. And yet they had problems as well. But Paul calls for unity in in diversity of these spiritual gifts. He calls for unity in the diversity of these spiritual gifts. It's an amazing illustration here in in 1 Corinthians 12 where he goes and talks about the, the body. The human body, as it relates to the body of Christ, and uh, the comparisons that he makes is just inc- t- go, just go through that yourself and just look at that, and it perfectly illustrates the church's unity with the diversity of, of, of gifts. And we see as the human body has a has of course a spirit. We all have a spirit. The church has the Holy Spirit. The church has the Holy Spirit. The body has a mind. The church is to have the mind of Christ. And of course, there, there are probably more than I'm going to be mentioning here. Uh, we have as a body, it's the, the head. Some of us have bigger heads than others. 
But who is the head of the church? Christ. Christ. And you know, it's just amazing how Paul does this. The human body is made up of many members, fingers and so forth, that, that function differently. And of course the church has members with different functions. The body acts as a unit, and so does the church Amen. as a unit. That is everybody doing their job. You know, when you, when you, go, when you go out to work, uh, and you grab a vine and you start pulling on that vine to get it out of a tree... The other hand doesn't say, well, you have fun, you know, best of luck to you. I hope you complete this task. No, what does the other hand do? Without even thinking about it, without even having to be asked to come do it, what does it do? It goes to the aid. It works as a beautiful unit. This is what Paul is talking about. And I'm not going to go through every one of those and define every... I don't think I need to. I I think you're smarter than that to have to... You know, understand that the ear has a, uh, a job, the eye has a job. The eye wasn't given vision, so the eye could benefit. Uh, no, it's so the whole body could benefit from the eye, to be able to see. To know, See, I can't see anybody. I mean, <laughs> I can see, but I, I can't see you. I think that's Andrew. That guy, I know it is because he's, but No. Say, we're giving these gifts, so why? We can help others and be in strength and an encouragement to them. So the body acts as a unit, and the church should too. As the body uh, members depend on each other, so should church members. Body members and, uh, uh, and spiritual gifts are all determined by God. We have to remember that. Sometimes the least attractive members are the most useful. That's pretty obvious. I don't think we need to go into any length there. No matter what gift God has given you, it is useful to the body. And that's what you've got to see. You, You can't say... Oh, poor me. I only have this little bitty old gift over here and and, uh, I just can't be of use to anybody because I'm just no good. Pooey. Pooey. You can be of use to God and others. That's what God has promised. And you say, well, I don't know what that gift is. All I can tell, tell you is just start loving people like I think I said last. Just start loving people. And the doors will start opening. And you'll discover your gift. And other people will see your gift. Whatever that happens to be. It may be hospitality, encouragement, warning. It may be something that you don't even uh, think about. But it's going to be real. And I challenge you to find your gift and get busy. So how do you do that? Start by loving people, as I said. By getting involved. Ooh, this is hard. Oh, getting involved in other people's lives. Oh, oh, oh. I don't want to. But God wants you to. You see? Somebody says, well, 
You've got to know what your gift is in order to serve. I don't think you do. I just think you need to get involved. And God's going to show you. You know, some, some people would say, well, uh, you've got to find out first what that gift is and then serve. You may not ever serve then. That's like saying, don't get near the water till you can swim. Huh? <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Don't get near the water till you can swim? Well, I can't serve. I can't serve God until I know what my gift is. Just get involved in doing something. And he'll show you. I guarantee you. How do you learn to swim? You just get wet. You make mistakes. You may almost drown. You know, you're going to fall and stumble and, and help, help, and grab on the inner tubes, but you'll eventually learn how to swim. And you're going to make mistakes. Christianity is not, uh, like football, a spectator sport. As I pointed, it's not a spectator sport. You don't sit up in the stands and watch 22 other people do all the work. Is this convicting? I hope so. It needs to be. And I don't know what that gift is. And and by the way, there are things going on behind the scenes about you that I don't know. And so I'm not judging anybody. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not pointing you out. Because remember, there's always three pointing back at me. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying... Ask God, show me what that gift is that, that what you would have me to do. Are you, and this is the last question, are you bringing unity or disunity by your action or non-action? Are you bringing unity or disunity by your action or your non-action in the church? Convicting. Convicting to me because I'm not everything as a pastor I need to be. I know that. So I want you to pray for me. I want you to be devoted to praying for me. We saw in Romans 12 here, it's in that list, devoted to prayer. You might say, well, I, I, I can't do it. Yes, you can pray. You can pray. Let's all pray. Father, I just, I, just, I just thank you for your word. Lord, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces us. It pierces me. Because, Lord, I know how far short I fall. Uh, Lord, you've given us all gifts. Uh, help us not to be just a spectator. But help us to get involved whatever that might look like. Work in us, Lord. I just pray right now that, that uh, we as your people would just examine our hearts right now. That we might have a confession to make. We might, Lord, just show me what you would have me to do. Lord, I don't know what, what that looks like in, in individuals' hearts and lives. But Lord... Quicken us. Quicken us by your Spirit. 
that we might be motivated out of love, love for each other. Lord, we need you. I need you. I need your grace every day in my life. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.